Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Check us out online at www.squatchcoffee.com, and you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Sasquatch Coffee, give us a like, and uh, you'll see we uh, follow all the fun and games there. A little bit of news today. From uh, last week, they had the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, which from all uh, uh, information I've got, it was a big hit. They uh, debuted a couple of Bigfoot movies. One uh, was the Something in the Woods, which I heard was is was is really good, and they're you know they're getting ready to to launch that on on DVD, so that's cool. And uh, they also debuted the the new documentary, the Minerva Monster. So all very cool stuff at the the Bigfoot conference or the Ohio Bigfoot conference. Mark did a great job as usual, and. Uh, all the VIPs there, all 400 of them, went home with samples of uh, Sasquatch coffee. So, hope they're uh, wow. Maybe the day they were, yeah, we boxed up 400 samples, so shipped them across to Ohio. Was was fun. Um, some news on the Falcon project. Uh, it sounds like uh, it got off to a rough start, and uh, the ground crew was was uh, out. Actually, some guys went out in the field, had some. Um, activity, I, I guess. There, from what I heard, there was a was a sighting even, um, but they had some logistical issues. It sounds like, uh, in terms of like a lack of funding for basic uh, necessities and equipment. Uh, but as, I also hear that they're uh, uh, picking it back up, and we'll start 
actually start again, you know, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see. Um, I'm still hopeful that, that uh, the Falcon project um, doesn't crash and burn before it gets off the ground. So with me, as always, today is my uh, good friend and big, fellow Bigfoot researcher, Shane Corson. Shane, how are you this afternoon, buddy? Doing good. I'm doing just uh, you know, really good. Uh, I just got back from a nice little weekend trip out to Pacific City, the home of Peter Byrne, and, uh, and you know, I do an annual thing out there with some friends, and I uh, took the family out there, and um, the weather wasn't too bad. In fact, today we left, and it was it was just gorgeous, and so came back refreshed and uh, looking forward to this show. Well, you might have, as you know, I'm I'm uh, reco- been recovering this week. I went in and uh, had my gallbladder removed last Monday, so um, I'm actually feeling really good today. Uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to get back out and, and uh, do some research of our favorite furry friend. Um, but, yeah, doing doing great uh, considering I had surgery uh, less than a week ago. So Yeah, um, fantastic. Uh, it's been a long time yeah. coming, and I'm glad to hear that uh, everything went well and Looking forward to getting back out in the field with you, Gunner, and and uh, doing what we do best. Uh, so glad to hear everything's going well. Yeah, it is. So, well, our uh, guest today is uh, Summer Laurie. She's also known as Summer Akasha Snape, and she's a cryptozoologist, tracker, field researcher, and paranormal investigator. Uh, when Summer isn't at home working on her debut book on obscure cryptids which is due out this Christmas. She she uh, likes to volunteer trucking skills to the Washington State Search and Rescue. And she's been a member of the well-known and respected group Crypto Four Corners, which is headed by um, J.C. Johnson. And this has allowed her, she's traveled all over the U.S., gaining experience in fields such as target shooting, team leadership, kayaking, rock climbing, and survival skills. <clears throat> and she co-hosts um, a weekly internet show with uh, Phil Poling called Unexplained Universe. Uh, she also has appeared on Where Did the Road Go, talked about Spring Hill Jack, Grinning Man, and the Black Eyed Kid. So she's got a little bit, you know, I'm I'm pretty much of a Bigfooter, and when it turns comes to uh, cryptozoology, I'm more of a Bigfooter than uh, uh have a wide diverse. I know that you you are really interested in all kinds of of all things cryptid chain. So, um, uh, I, I, not so much interested. I am interested, but uh, my focus is is you know Bigfoot, Sasquatch uh, for many sure. reasons. But I do have a lot of knowledge on on many of these subjects. Uh, growing up, I you know started out in some of those arenas just because they fascinated me. Growing up in Scotland, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interest. Uh, I've kind of steered away from it, but I love talking about it and hearing about it because there's a lot of uh, strange things out there that uh, are unexplained. Yeah, and that, one of the things I was doing this week was uh, watching Animal Planet. It happened to be Monster Week this week on Animal Planet. So um, I watched, there was a show with a guy that uh, from Alabama that was uh, had been... His story was that he'd been attacked, and uh, uh, boy, he became real obsessed about finding out what it was that had attacked him. And, and it was an interesting program, but uh, uh, they left it kind of in a cliffhanger. But when they, they were out in the, the woods uh, 
and uh, it got misty, foggy, and all of a sudden, the, the end of the show was these guys in uh, in uh, hazmat suits, and they uh, <laughs> that, that that was the end of the show. So I'm hoping that they'll come back with another episode so I find out what happened to the kid. But um, yeah, he was uh, that was that was interesting. Of course, I I saw a few episodes of uh, Finding Bigfoot, and uh, some that I hadn't. You know, I haven't I haven't watched it religiously like I used to for well, probably since the second season. So, but it you know it's always fun to watch and see. You always see people that you know and and uh, but cool cool stuff. But yeah. I uh, got did caught up a little bit on um, my uh, monster week. So it was it was a good time. If if uh, any of our listeners are listening live and would like to call in, the number to call in is 347-326-9859, and uh, we'll uh, put you on the air. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on our guest today, Summer. Click Hello. on. Hi, Summer. Mm-hmm. Welcome Hello. to Lunch Direct Radio. How Thanks are you? Me on. Oh, you betcha. Oh, great. So, Summer, for the... So, for the members of Monster X that uh, might not have uh, had the opportunity to to uh, meet you or, or listen to one of your shows, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit? Uh, excuse me, a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I hate talking about myself. You made me do it. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a cryptozoologist, uh, cryptozoologist and tracker primarily. Um, Writing a book right now um, uh, on obscure cryptids, and um, yeah, I live in Washington State. I've uh, traveled all over the United States, mostly the West Coast, but uh, all the way from New Mexico all the way up here, um, doing different types of things. Mostly it has you know field research and things like that. And uh, it's funny you're reading my bio. You you know I, I used to have my bio used to say like as a joke, but they're like you have to change it and be more serious. Anyway, it used to say <laughs> kayaking, aka swimming. <laughs> I went swimming in the in uh, the San Juan, and uh, I had to be rescued. Pretty much, it was hilarious. Yeah, don't go kayaking in February. Just saying. <laughs> you may or may not die. It's freezing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, I also coast, um, co-host a YouTube radio show called um, Unexplained Universe with um, Phil Poling. He has a pretty popular um, YouTube channel called Para Breakdown. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people probably aren't a fan of his work, but I like it. It's pretty cool. Every, most people seem to to enjoy his work. He just breaks down just about every you know viral video you can think of. He's done it. He's a cool person. He, he's fun working with him. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I followed uh, his his breakdowns for a while, and uh, and I was actually at the Sasquatch. Uh, Summit last, not this last year, but the year before, and uh, mm-hmm. in walks Phil, and I, I didn't know that it was Phil. I was just kind of, you know, I, I never really paid attention to who was doing it, and uh, he actually was a police officer in. I owned a grocery store in Garibaldi, Oregon, and uh, and uh, Phil was a police officer there at one time. Uh, he walked in, and like, I, I finally put two and two together. So, that's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's a good guy and, and interesting and and thorough and you know I, I I'm just like everybody else. 
controversy follows what he does, but but uh, yeah. you know, I think he does a good job in in uh, the breakdowns mm-hmm. that he does. So definitely, like I said, I mean, you, you got to appreciate it for what it is. But some people get a little upset because you know when you're, of course, when someone gets tore apart and it's their work. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to be happy about it. But you know, I, I he there's videos on his page that I'm like, oh, I've seen that, and it's so real. He's like. Dude, no. <laughs> I'm like, Phil, no. Like, don't ruin my life. <laughs> I want hilarious. to believe that's true. Yeah, but it's so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he changed. He helped. He really like helped me stop and think sometimes because you know you get excited. You're like, oh my god, that has to be real, and you don't even like think logically about it for a minute. You know, <laughs> sometimes for longer. <laughs> but uh, he's helped me in my investigating as far as, like, doing online stuff. Like, people are like, is this real? Is that real? And it's videos or pictures. I've, I'm i a lot better at um, judging now Now that I've been friends with him for a few years, you know. Um, he's made me stop and think and pay attention and look at dates and times. And, you know, just the easiest, simple thing that you'd think that one would look at for evidence but doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He really is an, uh, an asset that way because he, he, he does – uh, not only does he look at the simple things and brings that to your attention, but he goes in depth. And he never, I, I don't know if he, he slams people or anything, but he just comes at it from a logical perspective. And uh, like Gunnar said, I, I for the first time I got to meet Phil up at uh, the Sasquatch Summit, uh, what, two years ago, and listened to his presentation, and it was it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, if if, if it can be explained, it, you know, here it is. If not, then, you know, the door's open. But uh, a lot of times we can look at things a little bit more, um, I don't know, scientifically, logically, and, and uh, you know, get a better opinion that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, both of us will be at the summit um, this year, um, and he's speaking again. Oops, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. I think that was one of the TBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're welcome. Spoiler alert! So. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert! Here on Monster X, you heard it her. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oopsie. But yeah, well, we'll speaking, there, so. you know what's funny? I've never actually met Phil in real life, so that'll be the first for me. Oh, really? I know that I I, I actually was uh, present when uh, um, Cammy and Richter met for the first time. They came to Beachwood last year, and they had never. You know, they were ho- they host a show together and never had had met. It's funny that the internet allows us to um, to meet people or to meet people online that we have never. I mean, I I met you somewhere on. I, I know I met you at the, the Sasquatch, uh, the Yakima event this year. Um, mm-hmm. But there was so you know we all were just kind of uh, bumping into each other and and uh, it was it was a good time. So uh, I know that you. Uh, are a big fan of, of Bob Gimlin. <laughs> so. I love him. He's my little nugget. He is the <laughs> sweetest. Like, I seriously, if guys my age were like him, I would never stop. Like, I would, uh, he's just the sweetest little thing. I mean, you met him, right? <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. could be spent any time, like, even just a moment in his presence, you just, like, I, have, I didn't even talk to him about Big Bigfoot, really. Per se, you know what I mean? Like, we just talk about horses and just whatever, but he's just the sweetest, such a gentleman, just super charismatic. I mean, it was, I was quite surprised, and it was a good, it was a great weekend. I mean, I gained a lot of new friends that are, you know, very good people, so that was 
that was a really good experience. I don't know if you came out to the ranch or not for the, like, after gatherings. Did you come out to the ranch or no? Um, yeah, after the – I did for a while, yeah. So yeah. That, that was really cool, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. so much fun. Oh, apparently – so this is hilarious. So Stephen Drooper, you know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He lives in. He owns the bookstore in Bluff Creek or in uh, California down there. Anyway, he and I were like talking and, wa- and walking around with each other with um, uh, what's his name? Um, jeez, I forget. Uh, anyway, uh, with Dax. <laughs> anyway, Dax. Dax. Oh, okay, right. We were uh, walking around, and Bob was like showing me all Fresh the cool one. stuff on the ranch, like the barn, and there was just tons of cool stuff for like an hour and a half walking around, and I'm like. Literally, it's embarrassing, but I didn't know Stephen was recording it the whole time. <laughs> and so there's, on YouTube, too, there's, like, two hours. It's, like, fun at Fighting Creek or something. And it's literally me, like, drooling over Bob Gimlin the whole time, just following him around, like, super, super overly loving everything he's showing me. He's showing me, like, <laughs> pots and pans. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so, like, it's so embarrassing. I'm like, is that how I was? He's so nice that you cannot just be so in love with him. Anyway, he is. And <laughs> enough of it. He's got so many stories that don't even have to do with Bigfoot. Just him growing up, uh, while people don't know yeah. his background uh, and stuff. And some of his stories are amazing. I mean, he doesn't shove Bigfoot down your throat. In fact, you know, you actually have to kind of uh, ask him questions on that because he loves talking about uh, boxing and his rodeo days and the whole nine. And they're fascinating stories. Yeah, yeah. And he, 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 he talks to me a lot about horses and he owns you know he owns his ranch they actually break horses and stuff and he trains them still to this day i mean he gets up on a horse and does it you know not as much as he used to because he got thrown off one a few years back and it you know messed up his back but i'm like yeah he's just a wealth of you know knowledge I mean, he's just a cool person his stories are you know i know it's kind of cliche but like you know sitting with someone much older than you and listening to their life and stuff it's really intriguing so well he's a but yeah he's a He's really a for the Bigfoot community. He is a treasure. I mean, the guy is is just real genuine. I mean, and yeah, as as uh, down to earth as as anybody you'd ever meet. So um, yeah. Well, okay. So I'm. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. The, the no, first ahead. night of uh, the roundup. The first night. Um, it, we got there a night early. You know, everybody got there the, the night before. I think it's Thursday or Friday. Anyway, um, I was in my pajamas, right? My no makeup or anything, and. Tom and Henry were like, hey, come down to the room later and we'll have a drink, you know, and say hi. I'm like, okay. So I go down there. I, like, walk in and I sit down and I didn't know some of the faces in the room, but I didn't think anything of it. I look like hell, right? And they're like, hi, meet Bob Gimlin. And he, like, stands up and I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, thanks for the warning. (laughs) I was like, I would have at least put my clothes on. (laughs) I was in pajamas. So that was awkward, to say the least. Bob's like, come sit on my lap. I'm like, okay, well, maybe. I guess I impressive. Nice, <laughs> impressive. But yeah, so, it was fun. I, I definitely would go again. So summer, you, you've, uh, how, what got you into cryptozoology and and, uh, I mean, you have like, like I said, you have quite a wide uh, interest, you know, variety of interest in uh, in uh, crypto cryptids. In fact, and then kind of putting together a, a book that you're working on. So, um, what got you into what into cryptos and? Um, to be honest with you, it really started when I was a young child. Um, 
I was kind of obsessed with Robert Stack, who hosted Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I guess I just grew up listening or watching to see that that show every time it was on. I mean, I, I never missed it. And um, there was a lot of, you know, uh, episodes where there was, like, I remember specifically one about the Chupacabra um, and Mothman. I mean, different, you know, completely different episodes, but just over the years, just really odd phenomenon and stuff. Also, um, episodes that caught my attention were ones that, like, um, like this kid had some sort of weird phenomenon happening to him where it would just start raining in their house. And it was, like, well-documented. And, you know, just stuff like that just really intrigued me. And, um, you know, people that would just banish, you know, like, numbers of people that would just, mm-hmm. you know, vanish and have never been found. And, and stuff like that really just interested me because I, anything that's literally, like, unknown, like, there's no way to explain it and probably won't be. That's the kind of stuff that I'm into. Even though I probably shouldn't when you think about it. Because <laughs> I'll always be searching. <laughs> but... You know, it keeps me, it gives me something to do. Um, you know, I uh, have had a lot of friends and or family members who have who have confided in me and, you know, had experiences. Um, my brother had a really gnarly UFO experience, and he's the most logical, honest, believable person that I ever have known. I mean, I don't know that there's another person more credible than him. So for him to say something like that to me, I was just astounded, you know. Um, so... People are seeing and sensing and experiencing things that I really believe that they're not crazy, um, sometimes maybe misidentifying something. But for the most part, there's stuff out there that we don't know about yet, you know, or we know because people are seeing or experiencing, but we don't know what it is. It's very fascinating. But, uh, yeah, so that's just I was literally like nine, you know, when I was started really getting into it and just totally obsessed with Robert Stack and that show and just uh, there, you know, I started watching Outer Limits and X Files, and um, I would go, when I would get library books, I would get the Sasquatch books, whatever little you know Native American lore books or whatever was within you know the the options that I had at, at my library, and um, yeah, I don't know. I started writing short stories as a child and uh, ended up having some poetry published um, a few years ago, and so that's really where my writing. Um, came from and then someone had mentioned to me that I'm you know I have so much information on some of these things it would be cool to to see it in the book and I just said you know what why not so that's what I'm doing now I'm writing a book and uh hopefully co-writing a book with somebody here pretty soon uh someone who has lots and lots of books out already who's amazing in the field so that'll be fun but uh yeah we'll see how it goes well some of your favorite subjects are like the spring-heeled jack and the grinning man and and black-eyed kids, and and uh, what, tell us a little bit about those. You know, those are those some of the, the unknown cryptids that you're going to the more obscure cryptids that you're going to cover in your book. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there these some of these that I'm going to be mainly um, touching on are have been like dubbed uh, phantom attackers. Um, you know, David Weatherly wrote a book on the Black Eyed Kids and stuff, and he calls these same beings, um, they call them phantom attackers, him and a few other art, um, authors. But anyway, uh, I will be definitely writing about the BEK. Um, I, do, do you know anything? Do you know what the BEK are? Do you know have any knowledge of the Black Eyed Kids or Black Eyed Beings, guys? Yeah, I have I'm a gonna... little bit of experience. 
you know, a knowledge of that. Uh, it, it's in and it, it's I do find it very odd and strange. It's not a subject that I've done a whole lot of research on, or you know, uh, but it is a slight interest, uh, especially. And correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these sightings are in the four corners. You know, I to be honest with you, I geographically speaking, I do not know. I'm pretty sure I know what you're kind of referring to. There was uh-huh. actually JC, some of my co-workers, JC, Jack Carey, and a few other people had a very, very like scary experience recently with what they called a woman in black, basically, mm-hmm. or a black-eyed woman. And, um, you know, they actually talk about it. And I think they did a blog about it or something on uh, Phantoms and Monsters. I'll have to find you the link. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of – I don't know that BEK specifically is um, has been reported a lot there. Um, I do know, like, that BEK started in the 90s. I, I can tell you the late 90s is when they started having um, reports of them. Um, <clears throat> pretty much in the United States. Um, I know some of them were like Midwest, but um, and uh, some down south. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't recall when I was, you know, I trained there with them in New Mexico for a few months last year. And I don't recall hearing a lot about that in New Mexico per se, um, but it could have been. Could have been. I really didn't talk with uh, them a lot about BEK because it was more of a like a actual cryptid, you know, not so much phantom stuff. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Four Corners is crazy. It's just a it's a hotbed. I don't know if you've ever been down that way, but there's never nothing going on. I mean, it's insane. Uh, David but, uh, Weatherly. Yeah. David Weatherly is kind of into the the black-eyed beings, correct? Uh, do you, have you know, I, I believe he's written quite a few books on the subject. Yeah, he wrote a book called Black-Eyed Kids, and it's a, really, it's a great read. He's probably, you know, the reason why people have even heard about BEK. I mean, he, he um, you know, spoke about it many times on other shows. And <clears throat> he, I've talked to him personally, actually, about BEK, and, um, He's he's a cool guy. He's got a lot of amazing work and um, definitely one of my mentors. And if anyone wants to read it, it's definitely it's on Amazon. You can get it Kindle version too, I, I believe. It's a great book. But yeah, he he's probably the main you know the main person to go to you know for okay. anything BEK or Phantom Attackers for that matter. But yeah, right. David is a cool guy. He's definitely. What are, uh, what are some of the what are some of the thoughts on, uh, behind this? Is this just like an anomaly? Uh, I mean, what what are what are people seeing exactly, and you know, what are they attributing it to? Okay, so um, BEK generally are what look to be younger young adults or young um, young teenagers. You know, like kids between the age like ten and sixteen. Um, usually, they have a Palish, almost blue skin, like a corpse would have. I know it sounds morbid, but it's kind of true. Um, and their eyes are completely black. I mean, the sclera, the the whole eye is blacked out. And they seem to speak with kind of a, um, like like an adult would speak. Like they would have the demeanor, you know, the, um, just the, the way they talk is like not like a child. And sometimes seem um, very rehearsed or coerced, kind of. 
Um, they just in the moment that someone encounters one, they even at times before they notice that their eyes are completely black, they are it just puts this immense amount of fear in them that they just want to turn around and run. I mean, it's terrifying. They just instill fear like to the fullest and kind of make them just you know sense this like something bad's going to happen. And um, generally, these kids like have been encountered. Like, like say someone something knocked on your door, you know, and uh, you go to answer it, and these kids standing there, um, looking downward, not quite at you, and ask usually ask something like, "Can I use your phone? We're lost," or, um, "Can I come in and use your bathroom?" You know, just any kind of invite. You know, can can I come in? And they usually, you know, use something like that as bait, like, you know, I'm hurt, or you know. Of course, it's a kid, you, you know, wouldn't you let them in, per se? But then they get this overwhelming fear that makes them usually slam the door in their face. But uh, people say that they need to be let in, whatever they are. Some people say that they're some sort of um, reptilian or insect. Uh, what are those called? Oh, man. My brain, blah, so many words. No, uh, anyway, yeah. So, I don't, there's so many. There's so many different theories. I mean... Personally, I didn't even realize I had an opinion about <laughs> about what they were. I just always knew about them. But um, someone had asked me on another show, you know, what what I thought, and I just blurted it out, and it kind of made sense after thinking about it that uh, they, you know, the eyes are supposed to be the window to the soul, and clearly they don't necessarily have eyes, and they're blacked out. You can't see anything. So I would think that they're probably maybe something more demonic if they are anything. Yeah, you know, it it uh, reminds me of you know the inviting in you know with stories like vampires where you have to invite them in uh, supposedly, and the same thing with uh, I believe skinwalkers in a lot of instances it's almost like an invite before uh, you meet your demise or whatnot. <laughs> so excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. So what kind of stories are I mean what what are there stories when people have said yes and let them in and then what happens? Well, there there is one specific story that um that uh, actually David wrote about in his book um that uh this this guy it was um early evening wasn't dark yet and he heard a knock at the door and he was in his bedroom so he came out and he opened the door without you know thinking to look out and it was, it was still daylight so he looked um out the door and he was like yeah and it was two kids. Um, one slightly older than the other, but they were looking somewhat down at the ground, you know, kind of in a shy manner, and um, said to him, you know, can can you help us? Can we come in and use your telephone to phone our parents because we're lost? And and then he says, my sister needs to use the bathroom. And the guy doesn't even think anything of it, you know. He's kind of like la-di-da, you know, not really paying attention. He's more thinking about what he was just doing and, lets him in and as soon as he lets him in the one he turns around to, to show the um, older child to the phone show him that it was that you know down the hall and the other kid as soon as he turns around the other kid's already on the way up the stairs to where the bathroom was which he found odd and that at that moment he felt very afraid um still hadn't noticed their eyes or anything yet and um so you know, where, why would the kid know where the bathroom was? It's just odd. And so he closed the door behind him, and, and the kid, um, he started to walk back toward his, um, to down the hall toward his room. And um, <clears throat> the kid at the phone 
stops and looks at him and he says, you know, is everything okay? The guy says, is everything okay? And then he looks up the stairs and that the other kid is standing there just staring right at him and he notices, he notices the eyes are black and then looks down at the other one and they're just completely blacked out. And and uh, the kid says some things to him along the lines of, um, we're here to uh, collect you, and it just scares the holy living, you know what, out of him. He pushes the kid out of the way and runs and barricades himself in his bedroom. And um, he doesn't come out for about an hour. He just stands against the door. He's just terrified. He doesn't hear anything. Doesn't nothing. So he finally gets up enough, you know, um, <laughs> gets up enough uh, strength to run out the back door, to run out of his door through the back, and. Uh, runs to the neighbor's house or his friend's house a few houses down and makes his friend come back with him. And, and his friend doesn't believe him, of course, but um, he said ever since then he has this dream where these kids are watching over him in his bed at night all the time, but he never has experienced anything like this. So um, nothing specifically, you know, happened after that, but I think probably because he got away. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's, um, I was reading a little bit about, about them earlier, and one of the it's interesting because they were talking about Abilene, Texas, as being one of the places the stories came, but also Portland, Oregon, was one of the places that stories came out of. So yeah, but Portland's yeah. pretty pretty spooky anyway, so has a lot of uh, ghost history and stuff. So that's interesting. Someone asked um, someone asked in the chat about a story, and I think I can comment on. Um, Talk Bigfoot asks, what about the story where the lady's kid let the black-eyed kid in the car while she was in a store? And yet, I heard that story, too. Um, so <clears throat> this <clears throat> this woman had a younger son. He was under the age of 10, I believe. And uh, she had, they were on their way home, and she just stopped in a little, like a 7-Eleven type store. She was in there for a minute. And while she was in there, I guess her son a kid like, came up to the car door and, and asked if he could, you know, come in and come, you know, hang out and play with him or whatever. The kid's young, he doesn't understand, you know, and, and lets him in the car. And um, so, goes on, you know, he's just hanging out or whatever. And then, oh, man, I don't remember what happens, actually. I'm going to have to look that up again. Anyway, long story short, the, the mom comes out or she, the mom sees, like, a kid in the car with him and is like, what the hell? And, like, hurries up and comes outside and the door's open and the kid's gone. And... The mom talks, like, you know, interrogates her son, like, what what was that about? And he tells that this kid with no eyes um, was asking him if he could ask his mom if they, he could come over and and was really adamant about it and just, just was the most creepy, like, she said that she when she saw the kid, she was, like, terrified. And she was just like, what the hell is that? It, like, it wasn't. It wasn't real. I don't know. But uh, the kid, what the kid was explaining was just very odd that this kid was so adamant and almost mean to the other child, you know, after refusing or, you know, saying, I can't or, you know, no. He, the kid was, you know, like, just do it. Just ask him, you know, you have to, she has to let me come over. I don't have, you know, and just giving him any excuse to try and get him to convince her. And, you know, luckily yeah. the uh, kid got him to go away, but. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Uh, you, you remember a band called <laughs> System of a Down? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and one of the singers, he, he, I remember him specifically because he used to wear the like these black contact lenses where it made his eyes look just completely black, and uh, he looked creepy as all get out. 
And I wonder sometimes with some of these stories, if it's just people playing pranks, you know, wearing those, you know, I'm sure they're not cheap, but going around doing pranks and whatnot. I mean, I'm not saying that explains them all by, by far. There's a lot of stories out there of weirdness, including this one. But uh, it mm-hmm. makes me think of that of system of a down, that, that band member that would wear those, uh, you know, as part of his act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those contacts, that go, they're not <laughs> – you have to realize that those are literally – not only are they painful to wear, but you can almost not see out your eye because it covers your whole sclera. That means your white of your eye and the rest of your eye. So – they're very hard to get in. They're not cheap. You can't see out of them because you've got to imagine mm-hmm. like that. It, it is like having like dark, dark sunglasses on, and you can't wear them for very long because mm-hmm. they hurt. And you, know, right. you just can't. You can't see. So a lot of these encounters are later in the day or, you know, when the sun's about to go down or even at dark sometimes. There's no way that anyone would be able to see enough to be able to run off or get away quickly without tripping or falling or hurting themselves. Good point. Because you yep. wouldn't be able to see. So I think some of these encounters absolutely can be, you know, discounted just because of that. I mean, I, I've I've looked into – I wear color contacts sometimes just for fun, and I have – those hurt my eyes. And I, you know, <laughs> after wearing them for so long and obscure my view, like, they have the glare. So I can't imagine having – I've almost actually wanted to get some and try them just to see what it would be like to have them on and, see, you know, test myself about a trip over stuff or not be able to see at night, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee that I can guarantee that for the most part that is not the case. <laughs> Excuse me. That's I mean that's weird. So I mean, it just is an interesting. Um, like you were talking about, and, and when I what I was reading about, it sounded like the phenomenon kind of started in in the you know the 1990s, which is would be odd that all of a sudden it came out of you know came out of nowhere so um but what other i mean you, yeah. some of your other let's let's talk about the spring-heeled jack what what's a little bit about okay. spring hill well <clears throat> the spring-heeled jack it well it's it's noted as it's it's if you go to the wikipedia page or or online it's it's under the category hoax mass hysteria demon and phantom which is strange it's a lot of categories to put it under but uh, the uh, the reports of encounters with the Spring Hill Jack um, were from 1837. The, the last one was in 2012, actually. Um, they were primarily in the UK, um, London, Liverpool area. And um, the Spring Hill Jack is very similar to, I don't know if you've heard of um, any of the encounters with the Grinning Man, but um, the Grinning Man um, encounters were in the United States around... 1966 was the first um, sighting. There's very few of them, though. Anyway, um, the uh, Springfield Jack is was a terrifying phantom-like humanoid, like a man that would. Um, he had a very frightening appearance with uh, um, clawed hands and eyes that resembled red balls of fire. Uh, he had a black. Co- he would wear a black cloak. Um, with uh, underneath, he would have um, what looked like tight, um, form-fitting white garment, like like an oil skin, um, which is basically like you know, it's like white, you know, under what do you call it? Uh, like just imagine like a cat, cat, 
Yes, thank you. Thank you. Like a like a cat suit basically, but it, it was like yeah. oil skin and and it was it was white or white colored and uh it was really creepy and um he had a a helmet on in a lot of the cases and um <clears throat> uh yeah, so I mean, I don't know. He just had a very very creepy just odd appearance and um would would uh would basically he would leap from Rooftop to rooftop was was what they said he did, and he would come in to women's homes and just you know, um, just like a menace, you know, just scare him and run away. But when they a lot of times when when he was seen or encountered, he would literally make these leaps and bounds that were not inhumanly possible. Like he would st- he would jump and be over a house, you know, in one leap. And uh, I think that's where he probably got the spring healed from. And back then, anything that was bad, they would refer to as Jack because of Jack the Ripper. Oh, uh, okay, So gotcha. spring healed Jack, hence his name. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> there's a lot of encounters with them, and uh, they basically pretty much went away as quick as they came. And uh, some of the reports are quite terrifying. Yeah, some of the, some of the descriptions, it reminds me of uh, some of the... Not entirely, but with the eyes specifically, like the Mothman uh, reports. Uh, and a lot of those, you know, Spring-Heeled Jack, it's, it's somewhat in the same area, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Spring-Heeled Jack? And yeah. Mothman? Yeah, Mothman I mean, was in... Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. I'm not understanding what you're saying. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. The, I was saying the, some of the, the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, East Coast, you know, with Spring Hill Jack, uh, are they not uh, in somewhat of the same area as the Mothman um, sightings? Um, Spring Hill Jack was in UK, in the UK. Okay. But you're talking about Grinning Man, who has a very similar appearance to the Spring Hill Jack. Grinning gotcha. Man was was um, reported near Point Pleasant around the time, and also New Jersey around 1966. But, uh, yeah, I would I would think that if, if there is a phantom, that, it, you know, I would definitely put Grinning Man and um, the Spring Hill Jack is probably almost the same. It's got to be, if it's not the same thing, it's something in the same family of it because it's quite strikingly similar to these, um, you know, the accounts just by... Not only the strange look that it has, but the way some of the you know menacing, maniacal, odd, you know leaps and bounds that he takes. <clears throat> any any connection to um, called uh, uh, not Thin Man? Uh, trying to think Tall of the man? name of it. Hat Man. Yeah. <laughs> any man. connection there? Anything similar? Um, there the Hat Man. I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, falls in the same category um i'm going to talk a little bit about hot man in my book but it's basically you know very similar very very similar hat man a lot of times isn't seen like you don't see the face per se you can't really make out its features but as far as what it does and what it looks like you know very similar body shape height you know um the way it moves kind of pivots or um flows you know kind of in a Someone described it as it's like a dancing walk, like as if you were waltzing towards somebody. <laughs> Does that make any uh, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Very but, creepy. Um, yeah. 
I would probably die right then and there. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you would not be talking about me in my account. That's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, the so the Grinning Man is the United States, basically, version of of kind of like the Spring Hill Jack, but and mostly in the in the East Coast area, and and <clears throat> when when do those reports? I mean, are they still are they still currently? Is it still a phenomenon that that uh, people are experiencing now? Or um, no, um, like I said, for the Spring Hill Jack, I think the last account was um, recorded in 2012, and they pretty much it pretty much lasted just for about a year or two in the UK and then completely stopped until a few years ago. So there was none. Um, don't know why, you know, but that's just what happened. And um Grinning Man, there was literally only, you know, three or four noted um encounters that were very, you know, um credible. And that was back like I said, nineteen sixty six and uh, let me see here. Um we, you know, within a Few months, I believe, of the of them of each other. So, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, for me, what's interesting is, and I, you know, I'm going to mention the Mothman again. Is these these these? It sounds like these types of sightings or encounters, whatnot, are uh, short term. They last a few months or a year or whatever, and they're they're sporadic, and then they just drop off the face of the earth. There's just no more until you know such amount of time passes. I mean, have you found any similarities there with some of these sightings and uh, reports? Yeah, um, actually, it's kind of theory amongst other investigators um, that that specifically um, some of these phantoms like the Mothman and Grinning Man happen very close in proximity and in time with, with either one UFO sightings or two tragic, like something tragic happens and all of a sudden, it, like it's almost like you know somebody sends the this force that comes to check on people in the area or whatever to you know I don't know investigate it, but obviously something alien to us you know we don't know what it is but that's what it kind of seems almost like it's doing especially in the Grinning Man cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a connection with that. Yeah, I just it's it's strange to me that you know when these sightings happen in in clusters. I find uh, they just ha- seem to happen in clusters, and 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 then they just disappear. They're gone until a future time, uh, and they happen th- you know throughout history, but uh, not not like the say like the uh, Bigfoot subject where it's fairly constant. Uh, but some of these other ones are extremely strange because they happen in certain areas and clusters or, and whatnot, and they just drop off, and you don't hear anything else about them. And it leaves it's such a mystery as to what people are seeing or experiencing. It you know it's it's pretty fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was about to respond to somebody on here. Uh, I don't know oh. what the heck that is. They just asked me about. Uh, um, I can't pronounce what they asked. So, I, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like I have, but I, they'd have to refresh my memory. I, I really, I'm not sure. I'm really bad. There's so many. You have no idea how many people, like every day, which I don't mind. I love it. It just keeps me learning. But they'll ask me, "Have you heard about this or learned about that or?" This and, this, and I'm always like, I always seem to not really realize what they're talking about until I look into it, and I'm like, oh, 
why didn't you say it was this? <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I do know what that is. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that one. Yeah, well, Be more it, the, the puck wudgie I'm reading on uh, Wikipedia here is a two to three foot tall being from Wampanoag folklore. Puckwudgies features resemble those of a human, but with enlarged noses, fingers, and ears. Their skin is described as being smooth gray and at times uh, have been known to glow. Uh, sounds almost like um, yard some sort of uh, ogre or something. <laughs> it's, it's a yard Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about them. I don't know enough to speak on them. I'll have to do a show on that or be done it another yeah. time. But, yeah, thanks for that. I'll have to... Have to relook at that one. Yeah, um, I've been asked about that one before, actually. I think. Interesting. So Interesting, I mean, uh, you talked about how all these different, like different, you know, um, obscure cryptids. What are some other ones that, you know, that people aren't commonly aware of besides the puckwudgie? <laughs> right. Well, there's like, um, you know, uh, that people aren't aware of. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, there's definitely Tall Man. I'm sorry, not Tall Man, um, Hat Man. But like I said, that's more, um, not so much cryptid, more um, terrestrial. Is it, wait, is that the right word? They're more like a humanoid type um, being. But um, there's that. And, uh, well, Champ is, you know, a aquatic cryptid um, that some people oh, champ, actually like. Right. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil's always like, champ, champ. And I'm like, what? Who? I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> duh. Um, and, uh, of course, like the O-ring pendek. Um, which basically, which uh, Sasquatch. is in Sumatra and, and uh, Cliff, Cliff Berrickman is, is working on a project with the O-ring pendek. So, uh, he was, yeah, he actually, at the, at the roundup, he had... Uh, at the end of it, um, the conference, he had noticed that I was admiring his O-ring pendant cast and actually signed it and gave it to me. He's like, here you go. I noticed you like this, so I saved it for you, which is really cool. He's a good guy. <laughs> it was fun talking to him. Yeah. That was nice of him. I feel bad because like, everyone's like, Cliff and this and this and trying to explain to me. I don't. First of all, I don't watch television. I If uh-huh. I do want to watch something, I just go online and I – well, I pirate it, you know what I mean? I'll go to Pot Locker and noob, like Monsters and Mysteries, and I'll just watch them all. You know what I mean? I don't really watch TV, and I, I I just don't. I read too much. I read a lot, 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 lot. Like, I'm reading two books at once at all times. I just, I can't get my, I can't stop. <laughs> so it's an addiction. Not not so bad, not, not such a bad one, but it can be at times. So I don't really pay much attention to, one, social media or anything that has to do with any kind of news or online. Have you heard this? Have you heard that? I have not. <laughs> and so I'm not like on the up and up, especially with TV. So I felt bad because I didn't know who some of these people were when they were just like, you don't know who that is? I'm like, so sorry. No, I don't. So, but he was a nice guy. Um, and that was fun. Yeah. Orang Pendek is cool. I actually got interested in some of the, the you know, actually Orang Pendek specifically because um, Josh Gates did, some stuff um, when he uh, when he, uh, Destination uh, Truth on Sci-Fi his show I used to watch that when I had TV years ago and uh, it was a good show there was a lot of cool stuff they did some stuff that was pretty interesting to, like uh, about like what they call the suicide forest over in uh, Japan it's a terrifying place and uh, if you ever get a chance if you don't know of it you should look it up it's pretty gnarly 
but it's some like I've seen some evidence from there, like footage and video. I mean, I'm sorry, footage and still shots that were pretty compelling and scare the shit out of you. Ooh, excuse my language. Scare the crap <laughs> yeah. out of you. Scare right. the pants off of anyone. I'm not usually scared by video or photographs, but I'm so bad lately. People will post stuff because they know that I, you know, investigate things, and they'll post something that is. And I'm not even scared. I don't scare easily. I love scary movies. I just it's not scary. But when you're not expecting it, and something is like bah, it you tend to not want to hit play on any of the videos you see. So like somebody posted something. A friend of mine posted something yesterday on my page, and it was just, all it was was like a sp- supposedly a ghost that you couldn't see picking up a cat, and it was not even a big deal. And I'm like. So what is this? I'm too afraid to click on it. Can you just tell me? <laughs> She's all, I'm sorry, oh, I hate the scary. videos. I'm like, no, keep, keep them coming. Yeah, I hate, those, I hate those videos when they are just made to startle you, yeah. Uh, Remember that was, that's the reason. That was, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the car one where it's driving around and, yeah, something jumps out yeah. at you at the last second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, not cool, isn't that like I've literally had a heart attack? <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, it's, but so mm-hmm. I mean, so a rain pen deck. What are some other What are some other uh, cryptids that you're you're going to cover in your book? Um, definitely uh, skinwalkers as well. Um, someone just mentioned on the page here, Wendigo. That's going to be in there. Um, Dogman are all things where people, basically. Um, I'm kind of, actually, it's funny, I really don't talk about it much lately, but um kind of a C4C's a werewolf go-to. Um, I actually very got very much interested in the uh, Lugaroo, Rugaroo, anything where people, because of, <laughs> I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and one of the characters is a werewolf. And when you actually look at, um, well, first of all, his name is Remus Lupin. And if you know anything about history, you remember that name, um, Remus. Remus and Romulus were the two brothers said to have been raised by wolves. And that's where she got the name from and used it in the Harry Potter series. Um, so it was really cool to, like, you know, it, it made me really have a um, respect for her, J.K. Rowling's work in a different light and also helped me learn about where people, you know, in a different way that made it much more interesting to me. And um, so from there, I kind of just, you know, anything that had to do with where people, I was so into it, even if it was hoaxes, even if it was dogman, you know, any of it. So that's pretty fun um, going into that. So I'll probably go into that in depth, um, all kinds of different um, where people, but um, that's another one. Um, like I said, Lugaroo and Rugaroo are like, uh, a lot of people have never heard of that. They're basically what, people call werewolves in um primarily in like louisiana down mississippi in the swamps and what area that's what they call it locals call what, them what, what is it what is it again the lugaroo or rugaroo okay gotcha <laughs> it's a werewolf basically <laughs> no idea <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah that was it. yeah interesting when i'm not heard <laughs> Wow. There you go. There you go. I'm trying to think of something you haven't heard of there. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Yay. No. um, But definitely. What what are some of your own experiences? You know, uh, you work with, you know, a few groups and you're a part of the uh, Crypto Four Corner group. Uh, What are some of your own experiences? And you're uh, well-traveled and and knowledgeable in a lot of areas. What are some of your own experiences that you found 
um, strange or compelling or just very mysterious. You got anything to share there? Um, <clears throat> when we were on um, a camp out in, um, I believe it was called Cudiai, out. I mean, it, it's quite literally 20 miles out into the desert in the middle of nowhere on the San Juan. I mean, it's, JC will tell you, I mean, this is crazy. It's so, so, so remote. But we were out there, there was only a few of us, and we were camping, and uh, I, during the day, that the day, um, the first day we were there, I had come across, while hiking um, with another person, some, uh, you know, it's very rocky, and like, you know, like barren wasteland, kind of like the ground looks like an Arizona desert or something, where it's just, it's like, like it was moist there one time, and now it's just hardened into this rock that's cracked everywhere. And that's what the ground looked like. Well, it had recently been, you know, it was like I said, February. So it was kind of, you know, must have been wet recently. And so the tracks were, I mean, they were permanently embedded in the ground. You could totally see them, but um, they were very hard, you know. And so it was kind of like a permanent, like a cast, you know what I mean? So you could really clearly see every little thing in, in when you were walking. And I was, I just decided to go up this little hill so I could get a view of the um, area from up top and, because it's just flat as far as you can see, you know. So there's really there's really no viewpoint from there. So we were walking up that hill, and just for some reason I looked down right by this bush. Well, really, I was looking to watch for snakes. And so I looked down before I stepped into the bush, and there, I noticed a strange footprint. And we just kind of looked back, and it was actually like we – it was – there was a, lot, a whole line of them, you know. And they were very odd. I, there's pictures on my Facebook. I'll have to um, post them on the – on your guys' page or something, as you can see them, but they're they're weird. They're like five toe, like almost cat like. They're just very odd looking. And um, you know, I put my hand up next to it, and it was, you know, the size of my hand. And I have long fingers. And it's just very creepy. Um, we found them going all the way up the hill right there, and then they just stopped. So, uh, so yeah. Then we turned around and left. But that that night, I I'm not. I don't scare you. Like I said, you have no idea. I'm the J C was getting scared before I was. And he's a man. <laughs> and he's been doing a lot with me. Um, I, we kept hearing stuff. And I specifically, I was in my tent alone. I went, there was another girl in summer. She was going to, she was bunking with me in my tent. But um, she was up drinking all night with the guys. And I wanted to go to sleep. Very, not early, but, you know, it was like 10 or 11 at night. And I was, you know, I got tired. And so she had a little chihuahua named um, Sonar with her. as her baby. And I was like, let me take Sonar with me. He's tired. So we went and got in my sleeping bag and, you know, I ended up having to get the gun out and have it cocked and ready because there was something, I can't, you know, describing what it sounded like breathing not very far, in between me and the river, which was a couple hundred feet, um, I could hear something that almost, <laughs> was almost hog-like. It was like a grunting sound and it, and it was breathing really hard, like heavy, but there was, we were there for three Big or four foot. days. There was not, there was absolutely not one footprint of like javelina or anything. There, there's you know wild pigs or boars or any of that is not indigenous to that area, and we hadn't seen signs of them at all. And like I said, you could see every little print of any animal, even a bird. You could see the prints in the ground because they were all dry, just dried them so solid. You know, you can miss, you cannot mistake any of it. And we didn't see signs of it at all. We saw bear tracks too. You know what I mean? But it wasn't. I, I live in Washington. I know what a bear sounds like. It was not the same. It was very odd, and it kept waking me up out of my sleep. And I would yell across the campsite to Calvin, 
and I would say, hey, you hear anything? And he kept, he's like, no, what? And he kept saying no, no, and I'm like, okay. He's like, you have the gun? I'm like, yes, I'll be okay. But eventually just, you know, I ended up sleeping and waking up, and, there, you know, there was nothing, no signs of anything. But it was definitely very strange. I usually am pretty good at judging what my ears hear. I don't have the best um, the best memory or the best eyesight, uh, but I definitely can hear very well. So it was odd, but, uh, you know, the two things, the tracks and, you know, the sounds, that we were hearing, and I wasn't the only one that heard it, and it, it was it startled other people, and, and it was something that made us all kind of, you know, either have our gun right there, which we didn't previously, or want to stay up later. Apparently, Calvin ended up getting up and sitting with his gun cocked at the back of the truck, and just sat there and stayed awake all night, which I didn't know, which is awesome because I'm like, that was terrifying. Like I'm almost mad that you didn't wake me up because what if it caught me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it was. Could have woke me up, no. But I don't like being woken up, so it's a good thing. But yeah, that's my experience. Um, you know, my most extreme. You know, that was really kind of. Yeah, that for me, that was definitely, definitely something that I can't explain. That was quite interesting. I, I mean, I'd go back there again. I think it'd be fun. But I would definitely we'll, make sure to have a gun on me. <laughs> yeah, and where where was this specifically again? This was up. You in know, the it was lawn. out in the New Mexico. It was out in the New Mexico desert near. Oh, well, New first Mexico. of all, we we were we lived at the time in Farmington, New Mexico, and um, it was out towards a place called Shiprock um, in an area. I believe it was called Cuddy Eye. Um, it was. It's, it's literally miles and miles and miles from any main road. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There's lots of pictures of that trip that we took on on my Facebook. It's under the Wastelands trip, but um, yeah. It's pretty fun, but it's it's very remote. Like I can't even express to you how remote this place is. It, it took us hours to get there a- after we left the main road. Very cool. But it was yeah, it was it was right along the San Juan. So, but but even to get to the San Juan from where we were, we had to drive through desert. It's not like we followed the San Juan. You know, there's is no road that does that. So. Yeah, because when you were saying San Juan, I I. My mind was thinking San Juan Island, so I think that would be interesting out there. So mm-hmm. we've had, yeah, <laughs> but there are some. There is uh, Rutman Mois talks about seeing a, you know, seeing a Bigfoot on while well, he was on a, a ferry going out to the San Juan Island, swimming in the sound, which would be weird. So, but. It, it, there's a, you know, there's Bigfoot. I know the BFRO had had stuff happen in, uh, in the New Mexico, and I actually attended a, a BFRO expedition um, in southern New Mexico, not too far from Roswell, actually, but uh, on on the reservation down there, and they had um, nothing happened while I was there, um, of course, but uh, they had lots of stories. Um, there was a, uh, a a development along a uh, large ravine area that that they built up, and they had I mean, they had stories of of Bigfoots coming and and getting in the garbages and and looking in people's windows and all kinds of stuff. So um, that yeah, I know I know there's I know there's some squatchy stuff that goes on there, but. Uh, there's all kinds there's of, of skinwalker stuff. stuff. Yeah. 
So what is, I mean, I mean for people horse, aren't horses familiar. Horses stuff. I mean, that's a Native American lore, you know, Hopi, um, Navajo, and that's, you know, that that's places all, that's all there is, is Native Americans. And for people that aren't familiar with the legend or, you know, the the story of skinwalkers, what what is a skinwalker? Well, skinwalker is like a, 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 how do I say it? It's, it's a... It's a being that can basically take the form of anything it wants to. Um, that I mean, it can be a person. It can look like you or me, and we wouldn't know it. And um, they, a lot of times, they most of the time, specifically, I'm sorry, most of the time they take the form of an animal. I'm assuming, or they say because it's easier to get inside of an animal. Um, and, uh, primarily dogs, um, like black dogs or wolves, uh, and they, like, there was an encounter in, near Shiprock where, actually Highway 666, it used to be called that, something else now, but, uh, we were driving along there on the way to, uh, an archaeological find. We were going to some private, you know, meeting thing over, uh, near Shiprock, and we were driving down the highway, and... And they're telling me these stories as we're driving down the same highway. I was with Chief Dan and um, Chief Leonard Dan and JC, and I'm in the back seat, just you know, admiring the the view of Shiprock. And they're like, yeah. So this one time, you know, these these people were driving down the road, and a skinwalker ran up next to him, and they were going like 60 something miles an hour. And this dog, it, they called it a skinwalker, but it was in like a form of a wolf. Apparently it was running alongside the car with them and watching them as they were, while they were doing it. And they got scared. So they stepped on it. They were going like a hundred and something miles an hour. And this thing was keeping up with them. Like it was nothing for miles and miles. And, you know, finally just looked over and it was gone. But that's pretty terrifying. And I don't know any dog that can run that fast. No, so there's some kind. I mean, there's definitely a uh, a spiritual, uh, paranormal, supernatural kind of aspect to skinwalkers. I mean, yes, and yes, it's very. Um, I, you know, I would I, closest thing I could think of to put it, you know, in the category with is something that is like demonic. You know, something definitely not human. <laughs> Obviously, but uh, very supernatural. Yeah, sure. Not so much scripted. Yes, yeah. Summer. Yeah. What What brought you to Washington? Because you've been all. I think you were a former resident of uh, Las Vegas area. What brought you to Washington, and what have you been up to in Washington uh, exactly? And then, on top of that, you know, if you don't mind talking about your uh, association with the Crypto Four Corners and. Uh, uh, some of the members of the Crypto Four Corners. Sure, yeah. Um, I actually was born and raised in California, in Southern California, in a place called Lancaster. Actually, Cortez. Oh, but, um, it's, yeah. I used to do a lot know, of, it's funny you mention that. I, I used to do a lot of work in Lancaster, Palmdale, Antelope Valley yeah. area. Uh, yes, I know that area very well. <laughs> Yeah, I actually grew up, I lived in Quartz Hill and went to school there. I also lived in Pear Blossom, which is very nearby. It's beautiful out there, but just, you know, it's like a barren wasteland of desert, it, but it's rad. Yes. Like, there's so much stuff. It, there's, it's just amazing. I, I loved growing up there. It was a very, very good childhood I had. And then um, when I turned 13, my mom remarried, and we came up to Idaho. And I live in Spokane. It's like the Idaho-Washington border. That's by the Panhandle. Um, and... Uh, 
I finished high school here, and then when I turned 18, I moved to Vegas and lived there up until about two years ago. And um, I still live in Vegas. I go back and forth. Um, my daughters live there with my ex-husband, so I travel back and forth to see them and um, work and whatnot. But um, I like to stay up here um, to get away from the crazy of Vegas. <laughs> I kind of miss it right now. <laughs> I might go back for a while. But, I mean, every year I go there for usually a couple months at least. But, um, yeah, I uh, so I'm here for the most part. Um, and last year around, it was January or February, I went to, um, well, JC was like, hey, I'm going to get you a ticket, do some, let's do some work, let's get it done. Okay, so I flew down two weeks later and was in New Mexico for two months, and like I said, I did a bunch of training with them, and um, primarily, you know, JC, um, like I said, Chief Dan, um, I can't really name a couple of the other people because they don't want to be, I'm sorry. They have names that they go by on Facebook, which I'm sure people would easily be able to find, I just can't remember what they are. I only remember their real names. Um, but, uh, yeah, um I don't have a lot of fun. Um, we went out on our actually Jacob. He owned his name is Jacob. I don't remember his last name, but he owned the the majestic fly fishing on the San Juan. Is the name of his company. It's it's the most beautiful place ever. He owns these grounds where that he has like people come and stay, and he does you know takes them on this fly fishing tour and everything, and has a frisbee golf course and everything. It's really great if you're ever in the area of Farmington, New Mexico, or anywhere near down there and you want to go do something like that, definitely look at Majestic Fly Fishing on the San Juan. It is amazing. It's so gorgeous. There's like Aztec ruins right there and Indian carvings on the rock that are, you know, they're just, it's beautiful. That that place, that's right where I fell in the river. And it wasn't so mad about it because it was pretty. <laughs> at least it looked good. <laughs> yeah. It was a great, great, great neighborhood. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it was pretty much, you know, JC and I were kind of just thick of seeds. We would just, you know, do a lot of work um, between us. And uh, like I said, Jack Carey is a big part of uh, C4C. Um, you know, um, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, JC, everyone knows who JC is. He's been on Monsters and Mysteries in America. He um, has been on Coast to Coast. Um, I don't know if he's been on this show. Um, or I'm not really sure about that. Um, he's been so many. What hasn't JC done is my question. <laughs> Right. Well, he's uh, yeah. We were we were talking about JC before the show, and and uh, Indiana Jones kind of came up. <laughs> kind of reminds us <laughs> of oh, Indiana God. Jones character. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. No. JC is one of the sweetest, you know, most kind, caring person that I've ever met. He, he's like a father that I never had. So that's really good. You know, that's it's a nice thing to have in a in a. Co- I guess you can call him a co-worker, you know, we work together. And so it's kind of cool. Um, He kind of let me branch off and have my way with the nor- Northwest as far as C4C goes. I, you know, I'm any kind of representation they have in this part of the country, you know, is me. So that's a big deal. And, you know, it's a lot on my plate, but, you know, it's cool. I, I, I love it. I just don't take things too seriously and have fun with everything that I do and kind of free spirit ah, person. Nailed so. it. Yeah. You nailed it. That's so true. Uh, I, I take this, uh, well, I take the subject of Sasquatch Bigfoot very seriously. But at the same time, I have fun at doing what I do, and I have fun with those that I work with. And, uh, it, you know, if you don't enjoy, uh, it's like it's like a job or whatnot. If, you know, if, if you know if you uh, enjoy your job, you'll never work a day in your life, you know. Uh, 
And that's how I look at the subjects that I work in is that I enjoy it so much and working with people. And J.C. Johnson just seems like a great guy, uh, a fun guy to work with and very knowledgeable and passionate. And so, uh, you know, i got to give a little shout-out to him because he just seems like a, a nice guy. He really is. I mean, he literally will give the shirt off his back. And I know he gets a lot of flack because he's kind of kooky, but who isn't? We all believe in these things that are <laughs> course, so outrageous. Yeah. So, you know what? You're listening to him, so you're probably just as kooky. Get over yourself. <laughs> you know. Oh, well, <laughs> you know you're just I mean? touching upon something I wanted to talk to you about is egos and and, and whatnot in, in all these communities, uh, whether it's uh, Sasquatch or just crypto, you know, cryptozoology in general. Uh, I find that you don't really have that ego when not you're very you're passionate about the subject but yet you're not um out there just you know I am the end all be all know it all person and uh, same with crypto four corners and many groups out there but what are your thoughts on on some of this stuff with egos and uh have you run into that a whole lot uh any negativity um you know first of all I thank you that was kind of you to say <laughs> I yeah, well, I'm, I'm I don't know if anyone understands and knows what an empath is or what being an empath means, but I'm quite literally the most empathetic person ever to the fullest. I I've always been that way my whole life, and um, I guess I just I love to learn and I love to inform others and I love to I, I love debate, you know, which is surprising because I'm totally not a confrontational type of person, but I'm totally down for stuff like that. I just I I never people I might look a certain way to people or come off a certain way people but if you know me I'm literally the nicest person probably you'll ever talk to especially in the field I mean uh there's a lot of really mean people that I've come across um that pretty much just shoot down any and everything that you have to say and they just don't care but you know I I don't let any of that stop me or get to me it's a, you know at times it is disheartening but I mean that's the way that you know that's get used to it you know i have to tell myself because that's the way the world works nowadays you know people aren't always that nice and you just kind of have to wipe it up you know wipe get wipe yourself off get back up and you know get back on there's really nothing you can do about it um i've only had one or two encounters with somebody who i actually really appreciated their work and still do but it it gave me a different light upon you know their them as a person which sucks but um, I, many people have had encounters with this person. Um, I can't. I'm not going to say. Hey, I'm not going to say who. And so that's another thing. I don't like to talk shit about anyone. Oh, dang it! I don't like to say bad things about people. Um, <laughs> well, but this person, I I know that if they were listening, they would. They know who they are, and they're very, very rude. And I mean, just beyond anything you can imagine. They just out of, goes out of their way to be mean. And you know, I just don't want to get to me. I feel like it's just you know another demon. Just got to fight it off and ignore it, you know. But, yeah, if, you know, if anyone, to anyone who's listening, like, if you are interested in any of this stuff, literally the way that I got any kind of, in any kind of light, anyone knows who I am, it's because I messaged JC because I saw him on an episode of, and on, on an episode of Monsters and Miseries in America, and he actually responded to me, and I just started asking him questions, and we got to talking, and he took a liking to me. Not because I'm hot, but because I really enjoyed doing what I was doing, and he, you know he knew that I was serious. And so take a chance, you know. If if you message me, message anyone, do, you know, what can it hurt? If any, you know, the worst that they could do is not respond or not say anything. 
and or be one of these jerks, but I highly doubt you're, you know, not, he, we all know who's mean and who's not. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely take the chance, and, you know, that's how I got into what I do in any kind of, you know, awesome group like C4C. That's how I'm on the show today, so I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. And uh, we appreciate, you know, you joining us and giving us, uh, um, you know, what what you know and whatnot, and that you – what one of the things I appreciate about you, Summer, is that you, you – from what I can gather, nothing is absolute. You don't say this is this and this is that, and uh, I know this. Uh, you're very much the researcher on the subject uh, of cryptozoology, and you you, uh, you just uh, come from it at a perspective of the unknown. It's something that you're investigating without preconceived notions. I mean, does that yeah. describe you? Yeah. No, definitely. Um I'm glad that you noticed that because some people are like, but you said it was, I, I don't, I honestly, I wish I knew all these things. Actually, you know, it's what keeps me doing what I'm doing is the fact that we don't know. And I'll probably, for the most part, never say, you know, what something is until we know, which we don't. But I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have opinions about just about everything and I'm not afraid to say, you know, um, but I'm pretty much on the same page as just about anyone else who has as much knowledge on some subjects as I do. Um, so, you know, just, I just uh, appreciate hearing about all of it and learning about it. So it keeps me going every day. But, uh, yeah, I don't really form any one opinion about, you know, they change, you know, just as science changes when, you know, new things come to light and, you know, new evidence and what have you. And, and you know, so even things that I might in my head or say that I believe to be this, it might change at some point, you know. Exactly. And, that, I mean, you know, that's, as a researcher of these this cryptid stuff and the paranormal even um that's that is the number one way to look at it in my opinion it is not to unless you have an absolute conclusion that you can prove scientifically or whatever have you uh, is to be very open to things and uh and not closed minded and uh oh, just absolutely. really be a student uh, an absolute student of the subject and that is just so key and uh, I encourage you to keep doing that because I think you're 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 doing that now, uh, and that's huh. my frame of you know frame of mind. And uh, so, uh, but but we live in exciting times, and we're uh, I believe we're we're studying exciting things. Makes the it makes it makes life fun, and uh, knowing that you're on the cu- cutting edge sometimes of discovery, um, it's fascinating. And I can't wait for your book to come out. I I, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure you guys get a copy. Um, I think it'll be in Kindle version um, first through Amazon. Actually, my friend Lon Strickler has given me a lot of great advice on you know um, publishing your own work, um, especially to begin with. Um, the second book will probably be you know a hard copy um, because of who I'm writing it with. All of his stuff generally. Comes yeah, out well, that way. Lon Strickler. Now he writes. Uh, he does a daily blog, and uh, I get his updates. It's I forget the name of it exactly. It's, Phantoms uh, and Monsters. Yes, Phantoms and Monsters, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and he's yeah. so diligent. Uh, he's kind of like uh, Lauren Coleman with Cryptomundo. I mean, just passionate mm-hmm. and uh, very good updates. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been meaning to write articles, <laughs> a couple articles for um, that site. I just, man, I'm so busy. I should probably, yeah. thanks for reminding me. You just reminded me. I feel like a bad person <laughs> right now. I feel really bad. No, <laughs> but yeah, his, 
Phantoms and Monsters is a great website. If anyone hasn't checked it out, go check it out. But it's basically just a blog uh, spot for there's probably not even lying millions of posts of different everything you can imagine on that site. And it's really just a wealth of knowledge. It's like a library. I go to that thing for reference all the time. So it's really cool. Definitely check it out. Lon Strickler writes a lot of books. He writes some. Um, he wrote, um, what, let me think. <laughs> There's so many of them. Anyway, look at him, look him up. He's yeah. got all his books. All his books are in Kindle version. They're cheap. I mean, some of them are 99 cents. I mean, and they're great reads. So definitely check him out. Yeah, we'll need to get uh, Lon on the show sometime because he is fantastic. Somebody that I followed for a number of years just for, uh, you know, Bigfoot-related stories that he seems to pull out of nowhere. I mean, just. He he uh, he's been out there long enough that people reach out to him and share stories and uh, what a resource! So awesome. Mhm. He's super fun to talk to. I mean, he could just talk all day, just like JC. There, I just can't. I'm like, wait, can you stop talking? I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't take any more. So much. Awesome. But yeah. What do, what does the future man. hold for uh, for you, Summer? I mean, what does the future hold for you? You're in Washington. You said you know you, you travel back and forth, Las Vegas, whatnot. Uh, what does the future hold for you in, say, um, Washington? But, you know, with, with the subject of cryptozoology in general, what does the future hold for you? Um, well, I don't, can't, I don't really know much details, but there's um, a TV show um, specifically to do with uh, the crew of C4C. Um, and uh, that's all I can say is that. So be mm-hmm. paying attention for that, um, that uh, uh, an endeavor of mine. And um, basically, I, you know, I'm going to keep doing my show, um, Unexplained Universe, um, which which I love. It's kind of my baby. Um, it's very new, and, you know, I'm, I'm very new to this stuff. I'm used to not being in the light. Like I said, I'm a writer. I pretty much sit at home and I'm a nerd. You know, I don't really, you know, <laughs> communicate much with people in this way. So, but I, I love it. And um, so, you know, we do, I don't know if you checked it out, but, like, some of the shows are just very different. I mean, I like to, when I'm bored, like, look at viral pages, like Viral Nova and stuff. And one day I came across, like, 32 um, seemingly normal photos with horrifying backstories, and we did a show all about that. It, I mean, it's crazy. Like, just a normal picture, but little do you know, there's, like, a dead person lying in the woods, and you can see him in the picture, but you don't realize it. You know I mean, just weird. Like, what the – what? Just just odd, you know, stuff like that. But that was the last show we did um, – we're gonna have uh, Nick Redfern on next um, as our next show, but uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of my baby. Like I said, that's fun, and you guys uh, come on sometime anytime you want. Oh, awesome! Well, so love to. So, you guys. <laughs> so um, Summer, what? Where can people find your your uh, show, Unexplained Universe? When is it on, and what's the easiest way to find it? Um, the, on Phil Poling's um, Para Breakdown YouTube channel, um, mm-hmm. that he he posts every week our show. He posts. We don't do them live. We just do a podcast. Um, excuse me, radio, um, like uh, online. Yeah, I'm sorry, like a YouTube video, and um, we do them generally every week. Um, we skipped a week last week, but um, we'll be doing one Monday, and maybe one before that actually. Um, and uh, on if you go on Facebook and just type in an explained universe. Also, if you go to my page, you can find it. Um. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's the easiest way. Easiest way is Phil's website, but I'll I'll post some links on my page so, so if anyone wants to, um, find them that way they can. And also like um, I pretty much a 
I'm a very personal person, but I'm not, I only have a personal page. So just add, if anyone wants to add me on Facebook, you can get a hold of me that way. I'm not going to not add you. I'll add anybody. Until I have 5,000 friends, then just kidding. I'll have to make my own page. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love talking to people. Yeah, if anyone has stories or anything you want to add, maybe get in the book. That would be awesome. Feel free to contact me at Summer Kasha Snape or Summer Lowry. You can type in either one. It'll pop up on Facebook. I'm sorry. All right. So, well, thank you, Summer, for, for uh, joining us today on Monster X. Um, we mm-hmm. look forward to hearing back from you. And uh, do you have a, a working title for the name of your book? You know, uh, I no, no, I don't. But I, it's probably okay. going to be something along the lines of Unexplained Universe, I'm thinking. I'm taking ideas. If anyone has any, shoot them at me. Oh, okay. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. But, yeah, I'm pleased because I'm bad at stuff like naming anything. Not a good thing for me. Very I'll write good. The book. Right. Someone else can <laughs> someone else can help. Maybe maybe you can put a maybe you can post a competition, you know, and say, you know, the one that nails down the name to get a free book or a signed copy or something. That'd be interesting. Hey, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. That'd be that, rad. Would, that would you know, help you get a little bit uh, you know, interest in the book and whatnot. Uh I mean there's a lot of smart people out there that can come up with a fantastic name, you know, and uh, might be something to look into. Yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe you guys can help me with that. Absolutely. Going to do that now. <laughs> cool. Yay. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. All right. I like that. Fantastic. <laughs> I like a prize. Oh, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me on. I really, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, and All hey, right. and well, people who are listening, I, I feel bad for, I feel bad for the last show, um, People have said you were very nice about it, but uh, I did not just flake out on you guys. My phone towers were down in the area. I live in the sticks, so sometimes it's sketchy. <laughs> no, no, I, we. So I just I want to apologize. To yeah, but we wanted we wanted to have you on the show, so uh, we really appreciate you coming on today and and sharing with us um, your vast uh, knowledge of of little known cryptids and and the unknown <laughs> and and sharing stories with us. So we, we'd like to have you back on again. Um, sure. And, uh, we look forward to speaking with you. So Yeah, thank you guys uh, so much. You bet. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Hey, so what do you think, Shane? That's, that. I mean, I, I learned a lot today. I mean, that's some interesting. Likewise. Um, uh, interesting topics that I don't usually... Uh, get into too much, um, uh, you know all that. I, I have I I study a lot about about uh, Bigfoot research and that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of of um, you know there is a lot of other unknown uh, cryptids out there that uh, you know we didn't we well, didn't get sometimes, into. Sometimes they go hand go in hand. I mean sometimes. You, one thing could be explained away from another uh, scenario, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, natural or not, uh, you know. And so it's important to hear different aspects and ideas, especially with people that have been involved in this subject for, you know, cryptozoology for a while. And, I'm, you know, I'm an open person, you know, uh, on a lot of subjects. Uh, and it's just interesting to hear from different perspectives around the country. And, I mean, that's part of the reason we do Monster X Radio is to uh, – 
share in encounters and reports and ideas and opinions. We may not always agree on things, but that's fine. Uh, you know, move on and just uh, live and learn and have fun at it. Yeah, and a lot of the, I mean, the the stuff that we're looking into and the things that summer uh, studies are, I mean, all we have is theory. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that for people to get stuck in and, and demand that other people agree with them because that's their opinion, um, that's all they were, in a lot of cases, that's all it is is opinion. So, um, I don't, I don't get that attitude. So, yeah, you know, I mean, there's the thing is, uh, we are working on on a friend, many fringe subjects here, and uh, it's exciting to me that some of the stuff, you know, down the road could be explained, and to be at the forefront of this research is amazing and fun at the same time, and that's how I look at it because we don't get paid to do this, but. Uh, we hope and you know I hope that we open people's minds and uh, and, and include their ideas and opinions um, on this show and uh, have fun at it. So uh, yeah. Well, thanks everybody for for uh, joining us today on Monster X Radio. Um, we'll send out the link if to those people that weren't able to listen to it live, of course, or if you want to listen to it again. And uh, um, it was a good show with Summer. Um, glad she didn't have cell uh, tower problems today. Um, remember, as always, uh, Monster X Radio is hosted by or sponsored by the Sasquatch Coffee Company, and you can find us at www.squatchcoffee.com. So go get you some Sasquatch Coffee, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, look up Sasquatch Coffee and give us a like. Um, lots of contests and and giveaways and stuff there coming up. So again, this is uh, Gunner along with Shane Corson and uh, Monster X Radio signing off. Until next Sunday, uh, we'll catch you then and keep it squatchy. Thanks a lot. <laughs>